Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worf. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Fire, 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 fire. Fire. Amen. Fire. God is good all the time. I love preaching at the 1230 service. I want to encourage you, get out your Bibles and let's turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8 as we uh, continue our study in the Word of God. John chapter 8. As you're turning to John chapter 8, I want to give you an update. Uh, on Easter weekend, we brought pledges uh, to the house of the Lord to help with the down payment of our Kingsman Discipleship Home. Anybody remember that? We actually have a home that's right here on adjacent to the Paramount parking lot. And uh, it's our Kingsman Discipleship Home. We have a vision to transform males into kingdom men. Oh, y'all didn't believe that. Oh, y'all just missed Miss your opportunity to say, praise the Lord. I'm going to say it one more time. We have a mission to transform males into kingdom men. Yeah, you should do the wave on that one. See, everybody, not everybody, but people are born males, but not kingdom men. You got to be made a kingdom man got to be made and so that's our mission and so as you know we have one year to raise the down payment for the house we're using it right now we actually have two men that are in there right now um, but our prayer is to raise the down payment for the home in one year and so I just want to give you a report on Easter weekend uh, the house of the Lord came and we pledged uh, twenty seven thousand dollars so we thank everybody who gave pledges. We're on our way toward our goal of 100000 in one year. Remember, you don't have to pledge. You can just give as the Lord prospers you. As the Lord prospers you throughout the year, just write in the, in the memo, whether online or in, in person, just write on the memo, uh, Kingsman Home, and it will go towards that prayer goal. So thank you, thank you, thank you as we seek to give fresh hope to this world. Someone shout amen. So we are continuing our uh, study on the I am statements of Jesus. We launched this study a couple Sundays ago and we're learning that Jesus made seven I am statements that reveal who he really is. Remember that? He made seven of them. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the door. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And those powerful statements reveal who Jesus really is. And my prayer is that as we study who Jesus is, we will fall deeper in love with Jesus for who he is, not just for what he does. See, too many people, they fall in love with the product of God and not the person of God. They fall in love with what God can do for their life and not for who God really is. And so my prayer is that we fall in love with God for who He is. And if you fall in love with God for who He is, can't nobody uh, hold you down. Can't nothing hold you down. Because you know that you know that you know who God is. Now, we have a big idea that we're wrapping our thoughts around as we study together. And that big idea is the more that we learn or as we grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is, we will also grow our confidence in what he said he will do in our life. This is our big idea as we grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is. 
We will also grow our confidence in what he said he will do. And, and thank God, he's made many powerful promises to do certain things in our life. Like he wants to heal you and deliver you and prosper you and, and help you and strengthen you. But the way that you grow your confidence in what he says he will do is by growing in your knowledge of who he is. Are you following along? So today, we're going to read John chapter 8, verses 12. And that's what I'm going to focus on. John chapter 8, verse 12. And we're going to use this as a foundation or a springboard to jump on. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus spoke to them again. Someone say again. If you have your Bible, circle that word again. This is not my message, but the Lord spoke to me through this word. And I want to give it to you. This is like the hors d'oeuvres. This is the nachos before the, the meal. And it says, Jesus spoke to them again. Someone say again. again. I thank God for that word again. Like I, like, like, I love God for that word again. You know why? Because I was the type of individual that I didn't get it the first time. I thank God that he spoke again in my life. I, 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 I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe you're sharp, sharper than me, and that's cool. That's cool. Maybe you got it the first time, but I didn't get it the first time. I needed God to speak to me again. I needed God to give me his mercy again. I needed God to give me his grace again. I needed God to show me his love again. I finally got it. Praise the Lord. I finally got it, but it took me two or three times. It took me two or three times. I finally got it. Now, don't look at me like I'm the only one. Some of y'all didn't get it the first time either. Some of y'all took five times again. You just don't want to admit it. So I thank God for that little bitty powerful word again. So, so let's move on. It says, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We're going to dissect that today a little bit. And I want to help you. To understand what Jesus means when he says this powerful statement. Now, Jesus at this particular time, when he gives this powerful statement, he's in the temple, the Jewish temple, during the feast called Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. And it's important for us to understand the context by which he makes this statement because it's a powerful time and moment that Jesus maximizes. And so this Feast of Tabernacles that was going on was a celebration that commemorated God leading his people through the wilderness by the presence of his light for 40 years. You remember the story where God's people were delivered from Egypt and because of their disobedience, they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. Anybody remember that story? But praise be to God, he didn't forsake them in the wilderness, but he led them by the presence of his light throughout the wilderness. And the Feast of Tabernacles was a celebration to commemorate that God led them through the presence of his light in the wilderness for 40 years. And so they didn't want to forget what God did. So every year, they would celebrate. They would, they would have a feast. They would, they would throw a party. And how many know that God loves to party? I, I learned a long time ago that God loves to party. Uh, everywhere in the scripture, he's throwing a feast for this. He's throwing a feast for that. He's throwing a feast for that. That means they partied. And ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party won't stop. So there's this feast of tabernacles to remind them that God led them by the presence of his light. And part of this 
feast, there was a ceremony called the illumination of the temple. And what they would do is they would put on fire various sticks around the temple. And they would illuminate the temple during this feast to the degree that the temple became like a flashy diamond to the whole community around them. Are you following along? You got to remember, they're in the desert. They don't have lights like we have light. So it's pitch black. But because of the fire that's in the temple, it lit up the temple as a flashy diamond. And Jesus is a master of capturing a moment and pointing it to himself. And it is believed that it is in the midst or in the background of these lights, this fire. When the temple is filled with Jewish leaders, that our Lord stood up and said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It is in the midst of this background where he stands up and he declares the stunning Revelation, the staggering revelation. He says, I am the light of the world. And this shocked the religious leaders. This shocked the religious leaders to the degree. This is one of the reasons why they killed Jesus. Because he made these type of staggering revelations about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. So what does that mean? What does it mean when Jesus says, I am the light of the world? And how does it affect our life today? How does it enhance and enrich our life today? That's, that's our goal for our study of the scriptures this afternoon. That's my prayer is by the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to help us to understand what Jesus meant when he stood up in the temple and said, I am the light of the the world. Everybody tracking with me? Uh, by, by the way, by the way, I, I love the feeling I get when I understand a passage of scripture. Like I, I love, there's, there's this feeling when you're, when you're listening to a Bible study or you're studying on your own and the Holy Spirit illuminates to you a passage of scripture. I love the feeling I get when I can say, I understand that right there. I love that feeling. Because how many times have we read the Bible and we walked away like, huh? What did that mean? Like, I didn't even get that. Come on, somebody. So I love the feeling I get when I say, man, I understand what Jesus meant. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to help us understand at least a little bit about what Jesus meant when he said, I am the light of the world. Number one. Someone say number one. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he revealed that he was God. When Jesus said he is the light of the world, Jesus is revealing that he is God. He is reaffirming, he is, he is reattesting uh, that, that, that he is more than just a human being, that he was more than just a person, that he was more than just a prophet, that he was more than just a teacher, that he was more than just a good person. But when he said, I am the light of the world, he was revealing that he was God. Now, this is important to remind ourselves of because it's important that you have a high view of Jesus. It's very important that you have a high view of Jesus because your view of Jesus will, will affect how you respond to Jesus. Your view of Jesus will affect how you respond to Jesus. If you have a low view of Jesus, you'll have a low and weak response to Jesus. If you have a high view of Jesus, you'll respond to him with all your heart You'll respond to him with all your strength. You'll respond to him with all your mind. When you have a high view of Jesus. So your view of Jesus is probably the most important thing about you because it affects the way you worship. 
It affects the way you praise. It affects the way you serve God. It affects the way you give to God. Your view of Jesus affects how you respond to God. And we got to be careful, my brothers and sisters, because we're living in a world that tries to shrink our view of Jesus. We're living in a culture right now that is always trying to shrink the view of Jesus, to lower the view of Jesus. That's why every time we come together in worship, we sing songs about Jesus. That's why when we come to pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why when we study the Bible, we're uplifting your view of Jesus because this world has a way of shrinking, shrinking our view of Jesus and thus Messing up how we respond to Jesus. So, Jesus said, I am the light. He's revealing that he is God. And the religious leaders knew this, and this is why they were shocked. They knew that the scripture uses light as a metaphor to describe who God is. This is what the religious leaders knew. Religious leaders knew. They knew that the scripture revealed that light is a metaphor for who God is. So when he says, I am light, he is declaring that he is God. For example, in Psalms, chapter 50, verse 2, it says, from Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. In Psalms 27, verse 1, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So notice that, the Lord is my light. Who is your light? Who is your light? The Lord. the Lord, Jesus. So the scripture equates, it equates God or light as a metaphor of God. In fact, the scripture reveals point blank that God is light. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Oh, so remember, my brothers and sisters, that Jesus was more than just a good teacher. He was more than just a prophet, that Jesus is God in the flesh, and we should always be elevating our view of who Jesus is. Never allow the world to shrink or to minimize who Jesus is. Number two, someone say number two. Jesus says, I am the light. What does that mean? Jesus is revealing he is the Christ. He's revealing he is the Christ. Now follow along with me. I'm going to teach you something or remind you of something. For many, particularly in the United States, when they hear Jesus Christ, they think that Christ is his last name. For many, particularly in the United States, when they hear the phrase Jesus Christ, they think Christ is Jesus' last name. Christ is not Jesus' last name. I want to remind you of something. Christ is a title for Jesus. Christ is a title for Jesus. The title Christ is the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament title Messiah. Are you following along? Christ is the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament title Messiah. Christ and Messiah mean the same thing. Christ is rooted in the Greek culture. Messiah is rooted in the Hebrew culture. But they mean the same thing. So when you hear Jesus Christ, we should think Jesus the Christ. We should be thinking Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah. Are you following along? So Christ was to be the anointed coming king who would make all things right. That's what Christ was. When you, when you study the Old Testament scriptures, you learn that Christ was to be the anointed coming king that would make 
all things right. When you studied the scriptures, you learned that the Old Testament taught that Christ was to be the anointed coming king that would redeem mankind. Are you following along? That's what the Christ was to be, the anointed coming king who would bring redemption to mankind. And so the Jewish people believed that the Christ would one day come and the Christ would be the ultimate redeemer. The Christ would be the ultimate healer. The Christ would be the ultimate redeemer. The Christ would be the ultimate deliverer. The Christ would be the ultimate savior. Are you following along? So, so the scriptures, the Old Testament, describe the Christ in several passages. One of the most famous one is Isaiah 42, verse 6 through 7. Listen to the description of what the Christ does. He says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light. Someone say light. And a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. That was a description of what the Christ would do when he came, which was to bring light, particularly to those who sit in the dungeons of this world and covered with darkness. So when Jesus says, I am the light, he's revealing he is the Christ. Now, listen to this exchange between Peter and Jesus. You remember the apostle Peter? He was the one that always put his foot in his mouth, always kind of like messed up here and there, but every once in a while he got something right. And this is one of those moments in Matthew 15. Listen to what he says, verse 15. Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Probably the most important question you'll ever answer. Who do, I, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. Someone say Christ. The son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I want you to notice this, on this rock, what is he referring to? The rock is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. So he says, on this rock, on this revelation that I am the Christ, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's how powerful the revelation and the preaching of Jesus is the Christ is. He says that our church is built on this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so i want to remind us here today that our church is built on the confession that jesus is the christ maybe you're exploring to be a part of chapel of change we're going to have membership seminar and i hope you uh, come and I hope you learn about what Chapel of Change is about, but I want you to know off the top that, that Chapel of Change is built off the confession that Jesus is the Christ. In fact, you cannot get into the kingdom of God until you declare that Jesus is the Christ. You can't even become part of the family of God until you declare that Jesus is Lord and that he is Savior of the world. And so when we, when we preach this gospel that Jesus is Christ, healing takes place, deliverance takes place, salvation takes place. See, we didn't, we, we didn't make this up. Like, we don't come here just to talk about the current events or latest things that's going on in the world. No, we come to declare that Jesus is the Christ and that he has healing and deliverance and, and wholeness available to you. The apostles preached this truth, and thousands of people surrendered their life to the Lord. The apostles preached this truth, and healings broke forth. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, 
Peter stood up and preached one of the most powerful sermons in history. And listen to what he says in Acts 2.36. He says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord that day. 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord that day. In the transitional video, if you remember, there's a segment where there's an elderly lady dancing up and down. There's like a circle around her that she's dancing. Well, that happened a couple weeks ago at our Carson campus. About three weeks ago, when we were teaching on breaking soul ties, before the teaching was even finished, the power of God uh, was so evident that a man in the audience lifted up his hands before the sermon was, the teaching was even done. And, and even out of order, he asked a question. And that question led to him surrendering his life to the Lord right then and there. And he came to the altar and he said that a week ago he was an atheist. And now he is bending his knee to Jesus the Christ. And Jesus is saving his soul. And he shared how he was experiencing demonic activity. He was shared how he was experiencing the devil holding him down. And right there in the altar, at the altar, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we prayed over him. And we prayed for him to be set free. That Sunday, he comes back to our 4.30 service in Carson, and he gets water baptized. And he brings his elderly mom. And when you see this lady, like, you know, she's elderly, she's moving slowly, and, but something happened when the power of God came upon this lady, that she started jumping up and down. She started praising God. She started going in circles, and she was rejoicing at the power of God that was being demonstrated in the life of her son. That's what happens when the Christ comes to your church. That's what happens when the Christ comes to your life. See, the Christ brings healing. The Christ brings deliverance. The Christ brings freedom. And this is a church that is built on the foundation of that declaration that Jesus is the Christ. So lastly, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? Here's the last big reflection. To follow Jesus is to have Jesus. To follow Jesus is to have Jesus. I want to point something out. Follow along with me. Listen to what he says. I am the light. He who follows me will have the light. Did you catch that? I want to point it out again. Listen to this. I am the light. He who follows me will have the light. So listen, to, 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 to have Jesus for yourself, you must follow Jesus. Whoever follows Jesus has Jesus. Hear me today, this is what he means. To possess Jesus, you must follow Jesus. To possess Jesus for yourself, you must follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, he becomes your own. He becomes your own. And I want to encourage us today, my brothers and sisters, it is not enough to be a fan of Jesus. 
It's not enough just to be a fan of Jesus. It's not enough just to agree with Jesus. Oh, he was a good person. He was a good teacher. He did good things. No, that is not enough. If you want to possess Jesus, if you want to make Jesus your own, you must follow Jesus. And those who follow Jesus uh, receive Jesus. And there's nothing there's nothing like experiencing Jesus for yourself. There's nothing that compares to, to experiencing Jesus for yourself. No type of high, no type of alcohol, no type of money, no type of thing, no type of relationship in this world compares to having Jesus for yourself. Thank God that our relatives experienced Jesus. Thank God for the stories that maybe your mom had Jesus or your dad had Jesus or your Thea had Jesus. Thank God for them stories, but that is not enough. We must have Jesus for ourselves. The way that you do that is by following Jesus. In Psalms 34 verse eight, God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's an invitation. Taste and see. See, when you follow Jesus, you make him your own. When you follow Jesus, you have him as your good shepherd. When you follow Jesus, you have him as your bread of life. When you follow Jesus, you have him as your deliverer. When you follow Jesus, you have him as your healer. Listen, the light was not meant just to be admired, but the light was meant to be followed. The light in your life that God shines is not just to be admired. It's not just to be well-liked. The light is meant to be followed. The Hebrews, when they were in the desert, they didn't just admire the light. They didn't just say, oh, that's a wonderful light. Let me put it around my neck. No. They followed the light. Because the light is meant not just to be admired, but to be followed. And the light led them out of darkness. It led them out of brokenness. It led them out of pain. It led them out of hurt. You don't just admire the light. You follow the light. And it leads you out of brokenness. So what does it mean to follow? What does it mean to follow? Because it's very important to note that Jesus over and over again in his ministry said, follow me, follow me, follow me. The call of Jesus was not just to believe in him, but to follow him. The call of Jesus was not just to believe in him, but was to follow him. In fact, uh, following Jesus is evidence of truly believing in Jesus. If you truly believe in Jesus, it will show by you following Jesus. So what does it mean? To follow means to move behind someone in the same direction. It means to move behind someone in the same direction. So to follow Jesus is to line up your life behind Jesus. To follow Jesus is to line up your life behind Jesus. Are you, are you lining up your values behind Jesus? Are you lining up your behavior behind Jesus? Are you lining up your beliefs behind Jesus? Are you lining up your relationships behind Jesus? Are, are, you, are you going the same direction of Jesus or are you pulling away from Jesus? To follow Jesus is to line up with Jesus. Line up with Jesus. And, and one of the reasons why we gather regularly, one of the reasons why we worship regularly, one of the reasons why we study God's Bible regularly is to line ourselves up with God. It's to line ourselves up with God. It's to realign us with the will of the Father. And the call of Jesus is not just to believe in him, but to follow him. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me. That's a universal call right there. That's a call to everybody. If anyone, doesn't matter your situation, doesn't matter what you're going through, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So daily we have to make a decision to follow Jesus. Depending upon where you work, hourly you got to make a decision. 
Depending upon where you live, minutely you got to make that decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. And as I follow Jesus, I begin to possess Jesus. And as I possess Jesus, I begin to receive the healing of Jesus, the deliverance of Jesus. And let me encourage you that not only do you find God in following Jesus, but you will find your true self when you follow Jesus. Let me encourage you. When you follow Jesus, not only will you find God, but you will find your true self when you follow Jesus. When you follow Jesus, you'll find your meaning in life. When you follow Jesus, you'll find your purpose in life. When you follow Jesus, you'll realize why you're still alive. Why are you still alive? Why are you still here? Why are you still in your right mind after all that you've gone through? You want to discover why you're still alive? You need to follow Jesus because as you follow Jesus, you will discover your true self. There's no greater calling than the call to follow Jesus. No greater calling. It will transform your life. So I thank God. I thank God that I didn't just admire the light. I followed the light. I thank God when I was 15, 16 years old. I think I got a picture of when I was 15 years old. I thank God for men and women who came into my life and shined the light of Christ in my life. When I was 15 years old, I was slipping into darkness I was making the wrong decisions in life. I was rebelling against authority, rebelling against God. I didn't even realize it, but you know what? I had a calling of God upon my life back then. I didn't even realize it. You know how I know I had a calling in my life back then? is because every time I try to succeed in the darkness, I would always fail. Every time I try to succeed in the darkness, something would always go wrong. But I was too blind to see back then. So what I did is I did what an ignorant fool does is keep coming back to the vomit in which God tried to take you out of. And I slipped into darkness. Within one year of this picture being taken, I would be in utter darkness. And I thank God that when I was stuck in the darkness, somebody came to my life. And they shun, shine the light of Christ on me. And I was so broken. I was so tormented. I was in that one-man prison cell in the L.A. County Jail, broken, busted, and disgusted. And this individual came, and he shined the light of Christ on my face and in my heart. And I thank God that I didn't just admire the light. I thank God that I didn't just become a fan of the light. I thank God that I didn't just clap for the light. No. I said, I'm going to follow the light. I'm going to follow the light. And listen. I saw the light. There's an old song. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness. No more night. Now I'm so happy. No sorrow inside. Man, where'd that come from? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I saw the light. You know, I've done a lot of time in sales. Praising the Lord. You know that. So listen. When, when I saw the light, I didn't just become an admirer of the light, right? The scripture says, I'm going to put this on the screen. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Right? That light upon me gave me permission simultaneously to get up. To get up. Arise. When you see that light, you got to arise. 
You got you to get up. When you see that light and you feel that light upon your heart, you got to get up because that light gives you permission to get up. The light gives you permission to get up. And I got up. And I thank God that he gave me the strength to take a step toward the light. And boy, my shoes were heavy back then. They were heavy back then, man. It's, it, it was heavy back then. It was heavy back then. But the Lord gave me the strength through his light. And let me tell you something. When I took the step toward the light, let me tell you something. The light lit my life up. Jesus said, whoever follows me shall have the light of life. And every step I took, it lit my life up. Every step I took toward the light, it lit my life up. And I begin, uh, my heart begin to get strengthened. My mind begin to get healed. Listen, I couldn't sleep at night, man. My mind was tormented by evil and sin. I couldn't go to sleep at night. I was worried about life and everything. But every time I took a step toward that light, my mind will get strengthened. My heart will get strengthened. My soul was getting healed because the light was healing my soul. The light was healing my soul. Listen. I'm here today because of the light, and I'm here to testify. 30 years later, I'm still shining bright for the glory of God. 30 years later, 30 years later, I'm still shining bright. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. I saw the light. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. So the call for each and every one of us today is not just to admire the light. That's not the call. The call is to follow the light. The call is to rise up. Rise up. So let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, I want us to think about what the Lord said to us. I want us to think about what the Lord said to us. With every head bowed, every eye closed. The call today is the same that Jesus said 2,000 years ago. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. As you follow Jesus, you possess Jesus. As you possess Jesus, you get his light. And that light heals you. That light restores you. That light helps you and strengthens you. So I want you to think about today, if there's someone in the sanctuary that needs to make a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you feel stuck in the darkness. Today you need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you feel stuck in depression discouragement and you need to make a decision to follow Jesus think about if that's you for a moment because in a second I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to God bowed and every eye closed in the atmosphere of prayer this is your time to reflect upon the word of the Lord but if you're here today and you need to make a decision to follow Jesus maybe you feel like you're stuck in darkness I want to pray for you I want to offer you prayer if that's you I invite you down to the altar of God. If there's anybody here who needs to make a decision to follow Jesus, come down to the altar and I'll pray with you. I'll pray over you as well. We'll wait a couple moments. Come to the altar. Walk down to the altar. Take a step toward the light. If there's anybody who needs to make a decision. 
come to the altar today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Walk towards the light. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We'll wait a couple more moments. If anybody needs to make a decision to follow Jesus, Decision to follow Jesus. Amen. 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 Brian, God is shining through you more and more. Today, by making recommitment to following Jesus God is unlocking another window to shine brighter in your life your life is shining for Jesus hallelujah my brother are you ready to surrender to the Lord are you ready to surrender to the Lord lead you in a prayer of surrender and I'm going to ask Pastor Laura come up here he particularly is struggling over discouragement maybe even confusion and so after we lead him in a, in a prayer of following Jesus I would, I would like for you to just pray over him and break a spirit of discouragement over his life but it starts with surrendering your heart are you ready to recommit your life to the Lord from your heart say this prayer with me Lord God I am sorry I messed up. Today, I turn from my sins and I turn back to you. Today, I surrender my heart to you. Today, I decide to follow after you. In Jesus' name, I follow after you. I confess that Jesus is Lord, Savior. I confess that Jesus is the Christ over my life and I surrender today help me Lord help me to follow you in Jesus name I pray lift up your hands unto the Lord as Pastor Lord is going to pray over you. so the Spirit of the Lord God gives you this promise that he will take your ashes
and he will replace them with beauty. He says that he gives the oil of joy for that sorrow and sadness. And then he takes away that spirit of despair and discouragement and depression. And he clothes you with a garment of praise. So as you begin to live a life of prayer and praise, God begins to clothe you more and more and more. And there's a release. So just right now by faith, we just, Lord, we declare your promise over my brother's life. I thank you that your promise is good. I thank you that you are the one who brings healing to all who are oppressed and depressed and discouraged by the things in this world and the and the trials of this life i ask in jesus name to come and break the yoke of bondage the heavy burdens that have been on him and i ask holy spirit that your fire would fall and just begin to break 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 and usher in a release oh god release from the pressure release oh god from the heavy burdens oh god in jesus name and we just speak the word of god over his life i thank you god that you said according to even david in psalm 4 1 have mercy oh god and hear my prayer for you have relieved me when i was in distress today oh god hear and respond in jesus name and we just bless you with peace we bless you with joy we bless you with a new life, a new season in Christ. Jesus said, they that sat in darkness has seen a great light. And today, light has dawned on you, my brother. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. The light of God has shined. I want us. I want us to. I want us to hear a little bit from, from, from Brian. Brian, did you surrender to the Lord today? Yes. Yes. Go like this. Go like this. Right. So, Brian, how old are you, Brian? 22 years old. 22. 23 years old. Amen. Amen. How long have you been coming to our church, Brian? August 20. And and Brian, what do you what do you do? What are you working on right now? Like what do you do for help me out describe that? I work as an animator. He works as an animator designer. And a digital artist, amen? And it just so happened about three weeks ago, I was going to visit somebody in the hospital, and I ran into his mother in the lobby and got to pray for his mom at the hospital, amen? So Brian, let the light of Christ continue to shine in your life. You are shining for Jesus. Come on, everybody. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Did you learn something today? Amen. Anybody learn something today? Praise God.
If you're new here, I really want to encourage you to get involved in what God is doing at, at Chapel of Change. The Lord is moving in a special way. Uh, at this time, we are going to transition uh, to respond to the Lord through our tithes and our offerings today. Uh, if this is your first time here, please do not feel like you need to give. We want to bless you with this service. Uh, but if you're part of Chapel of Change or you just want to give back unto the Lord, now is our opportunity to worship the Lord through our tithes and our offerings. Uh, I want to call down the ushers as we prepare uh, to give. By the way, we are being served today by our deaf community. Come on, somebody go like this. We're being served today by our deaf community, which we are grateful for. We got a revival here at Chapel of Change amongst the deaf community. Go like this. That's how you clap in ASL. So I want to remind us as we prepare to give that we give out of gratitude and not obligation. We do not give because we have to give. We give because we get to give. We give because God first gave to us. We give because of the mercy of God upon our life. We give because of the grace of God upon our life. Has God been good to anybody this week? Has God been good to anybody this month? So the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. We don't give because we have to. God doesn't need our money. God is not begging for our money. But giving is an expression of gratitude. It's an expression of thanks, thankfulness. It's an expression of our worship to God. Someone shout amen. So as you prepare to give your best gift unto the Lord, a couple announcements to make. If you want to give to a debit card in the lobby after service, there is a table there. We have a machine where you can give to a debit card. There are several ways you can give. You can give online. If you're watching online and your heart has been touched by God, you want to give back to the Lord, go to our webpage, chapletchange.org, and you can give that way. There's also a scan to give option. Let's put that on the screen. Uh, the scan to give option, you just place your phone your photo app on the phone over there it'll take you to a place to give a couple announcements to make uh, we're starting school of prayer two Wednesdays from now in the city of Carson uh, get with my wife to sign up I encourage you to sign up uh, with Laura uh, also membership seminar is happening in about a week if you're part of Chapel of Change for a couple weeks now or a couple months uh, participate in the membership seminar and then lastly I want to invite you to our midweek service. Every Thursday right here, we worship the Lord, we study the Bible together, and we pray. If you have a teenager, we have youth group on Thursday nights. We have children's ministry on, on Thursday nights. I want to encourage you to take the next step closer to God's light by coming on a Thursday and worshiping the Lord with us on Thursday. So we're going to pray over the offering. We're going to collect the offering, and then I'll come back and dismiss with a blessing. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the ability to give. We worship you through this offering. Receive these funds for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give unto the Lord.
after we dismiss with a blessing if you need extra prayer some of our leaders and pastors will be at the altar and you're welcome to come and someone will pray for you it is our tradition to close out with a blessing so if you lift up your hands unto the Lord we'll dismiss with a blessing over your life in the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love in the name of the Son who died that you could live in the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with power and light May you go this week in the light of God. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday night. Go in peace.